The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on The Lab Report, two experts in the field of hot and cold. Yeah, Andrew Nelig and Jennifer Richter. And they're going to talk about the benefits of sauna therapy. Hmm. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. You think anyone listens to those Easter eggs we do at the end of every episode? I don't think anyone makes it all the way through an episode. Maybe they binge them on autoplay. Right. Hello! Hey, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you today? Crushing it. How about you? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Hope everyone's crushing it. This is the Lab Report brought to you by Genova Diagnostics, where we talk about specialty lab testing, functional medicine, integrative therapeutics, and the like. Yeah, and if you're new to this podcast, welcome. Hi. And if you're returning, thank you so much for all of your support. Mm-hmm. And by now, we hope you may have gone to iTunes or Spotify and maybe subscribe to the show, rate it, rate, review, leave us some feedback, stars. You got to subscribe because when you subscribe, you get it as soon as it goes live. I mean, you get it, your phone goes beep. <laughs> you got a new episode of the lab report. Check Does it, it out. Does it do that? I don't know. I are you subscribed, Michael? That's the question I have for you. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Well, we have two experts, like you said, in the field of hot and cold, right? So thermogenesis and, and temperature biohacking is big these days. Sure. And it's not just big these days. I mean, this goes way back, mm. you know, the idea of hydrotherapy and how our body reacts to stimulus from cold and warm, how that affects our mitochondria, how that affects our immune system. Uh, this is a, a longstanding tradition and something that's making a bit of a resurgence, which is exciting. And so we're going to get into some of the details there. Yeah, we're going to talk to Andrew Nelig and Jennifer Richter, who run a sauna, a therapeutic sauna here in Asheville called Sauna House. Yeah. And it begs the question, hmm. Patty, have you ever been to something like Sauna House? Have you done this? Hmm. Well, I've actually been in many saunas, but it's usually at the gym, like after I work mm-hmm. out or if I went to some swanky spa, mm-hmm. but not therapeutically. Well, have you ever had the experience of going straight from a sauna to a cold plunge? Not on purpose. Oh, you should try that out. Well, I'm going to go to the house. I can't wait. It's well, let's learn, about, let's learn all about it. Agreed. So, Patty. Yeah. Today we have on a couple of amazing individuals, Andrew Neelig and Jennifer Richter. I know. I'm so excited. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Andrew Neelig is a lifelong entrepreneur. He is the founder, owner, and CEO of Sauna House, which is a Nordic-style bathhouse here in Asheville, North Carolina, that specializes in hot and cold therapy. In addition to bath, sauna, and cold immersion, Sauna House also offers massage therapy and infrared sessions. Uh, Jen Richter wears many hats at Sauna House, and her main role is in the day-to-day operations, but additionally, she researches and writes the scientific content and blogs for their website. And with that... Well, we're so honored to have you guys here, Andrew and Jen. We're so honored. But let's just start with the first question. So we know that the role of temperature as it relates to things like longevity and biohacking, it's become such a hot topic these days, like sauna and cold immersion therapies, Wim Hof method, etc., which we will definitely dive into in a minute. But first, what got you both interested in this fascinating field? 
Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us both on. Um, I founded the company. I'm the one who dragged Jen into this whole mess, but <laughs> so I can proudly say the obsession started with me. Um, we, you know, in 2013, I moved to San Francisco and one of my good friends was there. He had suffered, you know, TMJ, chronic fatigue. Um, he had had concussions in high school sports and college sports, and that was affecting his well-being on a really high level. And one of the things he had told me was ice baths were one of the only things that really helped him on a daily basis. And he challenged me to get into that. And I did a 30-day trial. I love 30-day trials. And <laughs> after 30 days, I, I, I felt noticeably better, right? Like hmm. inflammation levels were down, um, you know, brain fog and just clarity of mind felt really good. And at the same time, coincidentally, I moved into an apartment complex and I was taking out the trash one day and I found a sauna in the basement. Hmm. And this was not like some glamorous building with a beautiful sauna. <laughs> it was dingy and it needed to be cleaned out, but it worked. And also coincidentally, Tim Ferriss released his first 10 episodes of his podcast. Uh, nice. And in those first nice. 10 episodes, he had Dr. Rhonda Patrick on, which oh, now no. everybody knows her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so it was kind of crazy, all the timing coming together that way. Hmm. Um, I got personally hooked on sauna and cold therapy over the next couple of years. I got into Wim Hof really early. He and me, uh, we split Wim Hof's class, you know, so Mm -hmm. Don't tell Wim Hof, but we ripped him off a hundred bucks. <laughs> um, and then when I moved to Asheville, I was looking for the next business venture. And this was um, something I really wanted to do. My wife encouraged me to do it. And then I'll let Jen kind of jump in and tell the story about how we met. Yeah. So I met Andrew when I had just moved back to Asheville. Um, I was actually working in my friend's coffee shop at the time, but um, believe it or not, he wasn't my first introduction to hot and cold contrast therapy, but I just didn't know I was doing it at the time. Um, my best friend growing up, they were very like live off the land, salt of the earth type of people. And one of our projects as teens was building a sun on his property and it was right next to a little like stream fed pond. Mm -hmm. um, so we would have a lot of late nights jumping back and forth between them. And honestly, it was scary and I didn't appreciate what I was doing at the time. And I got a couple of nosebleeds going into the cold water. Um, but it was super, super fun. One of my like most fond memories, um, from my high school years, mm -hmm. but I met Andrew, um, he was a regular in our coffee shop and he was just going over this, this business model that he had with me. Um, and we would chat about it from time to time. He asked if I was interested in helping. He just said I was really nice and good with people <laughs> and seemed like I had um, something between the ears, you know? Mm -hmm. So he pulled me along and um, yeah, I've just been working with him ever since, like getting it up and running, kind of handling just really whatever comes our way. I love it. Yeah, I that's great. And way to sort of like listen to <laughs> the intuition and seeing right. things come together and just going with it. That's that's awesome. Signs from the universe. You know, in, in functional oh, medicine, um, we, we talk about the importance of the skin a lot as, you know, a detoxification organ. And sauna is a big part of that, including sweating and uh, depuration therapy, as we call it. So, you know, first, what are some types of sauna and how are they different? Like, how can we help to sort of unravel a little bit of the these different types of sauna, I guess? Yeah, well, we have um, 
three saunas in our facility. Uh, technically, you have two saunas and one infrared cabin. Sauna purists don't really classify infrared as a sauna, um, but it's just kind of a term that fits. Like the textbook definition of sauna, you have to have some sort of thermal mass to add water to to create steam on the rocks. Um, so obviously, infrared doesn't fall into that category. Um, but we have traditional sauna, which I like to describe to people who are super unfamiliar with the practice as you're just walking into a really, really hot room and that's going to activate your body's like thermoregulation systems. Um, so our saunas, we have a finished sauna upstairs with a water bucket. Um, you can create a little humidity in there. And then downstairs, we have a totally dry cedar sauna. Um, they're between 180 and 190 typically. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so those are just super hot boxes. They essentially heat you from the outside in. That's what I like to tell people. Um, the infrared saunas work totally different. Uh, it's definitely a lower temperature. Most are between like 130 and 150. Mm -hmm. um, and they use infrared transmissions. So infrared is on the electromagnetic um, spectrum. It's just past like our visible light. And it kind of penetrates your tissue and heats you from the inside out is kind of like the the intro definition I like to give. Mm -hmm. um, both have very similar health benefits. Um, you're going to sweat, you're going to improve your cardiovascular systems, you're going to detox, all of those things. Um, and it's really kind of like trial and error. I like to tell people to try both and see what their body responds best to. It's really case by case. We get some people with certain audio, autoimmune issues, um, Lyme disease, those kinds of things. Um, and sometimes they prefer infrared cabins just because they put less stress on your, um, your systems. Mm. But but really they're both super, super beneficial. Hmm. That's interesting. interesting yeah. yeah. And I could, I could see where the two different types lend itself to different patients. And, right. If you uh, think of conditions. the physiology there, yeah, but, that makes sense. but so let's talk about that. So let's talk about some of this, the, the clinical conditions. So we know that there's some amazing research that's coming out of Finland. It's published in JAMA. I mean, the journal of American medical association on the various health benefits of sauna therapies with some really impressive outcomes in many diseases and clinical conditions. But based on your experience, what are some benefits other than just general detox that people might find surprising? Um, I think cardiovascular support is critical. I don't think it's necessarily surprising, though. Um, mm -hmm. When you think about kind of like how sauna works, you're going into these hot systems or these hot boxes. Heat causes fluid and other materials to expand. Um, so you are expanding your blood, your lymph fluid, all of those things. You're stretching out your blood vessels, keeping them like soft and pliable. Um, all of that is super good for your cardiovascular system, prevents like high blood pressure, heart disease, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I think some of the things people might find surprising though, are that because of those things happening, there's other long-term effects mm -hmm. there. And that study that you're referencing is a perfect example. It was a really long study. I believe it was 20 years with around 2000 plus candidates. Mm -hmm. And what they found was Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, stroke and heart attack reduction was, you know, uh, I don't have the stats right off my head, but very serious, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah so obvious that with regular sauna bathing that those markers were drastically lowered. And now the question is why, right? And, right. you know, uh, Jen and I theorize that one of the leading reasons that inflammation levels is just always lower, mm -hmm. number one. Uh, and number two, like cellular health and the health of mitochondria is, is higher more regularly 
throughout your lifespan. Um, So if your cells are healthier and your inflammation markers are always lower, then you're probably going to experience less of these kinds of diseases or, um, you know, events. Yeah. Yeah. that's kind of like our take on it. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense too, especially when I think about adding in the cold plunge element and kind of the back and forth. You know, there's a lot of history around people doing alternating hot and cold, and, and we're also learning more now about, you know, the, the cold applications and how that relates to mitochondrial function and improving mitochondrial function. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting, honestly. I think that um, as far as the real data though, again, to go back to one of your previous questions about the differences in saunas, most of the health benefits that infrared sauna is claiming are actually the health benefits that have been proven in traditional sauna repurposed to market and sell that unit. Interesting. Now the, there is specific situations that we do also believe that infrared is better for. And those are like, like let's just take Lyme disease, for example, um, in the lower temperature, certain doctors have told us that they don't believe the central nervous system is being shocked as hard. And so the stress response is lower, but the, you're still getting the detoxification and the blood is being warmed to a temperature where that bacteria is uncomfortable during Lyme disease, which puts it back into more suppression. So I find that, you know, for different types of conditions, infrared can be a much better approach, but I also think that infrared needs to be studied more. And Mm -hmm. I would caution the audience and people purchasing infrared to make sure that it's a high quality product that comes with low EMF ratings, Mm -hmm. because, you know, those are microwave panels, right? Um, Right. And if it's not a high quality product, there's some really high EMF levels coming out of, you know, kind of cheaper infrared. Right. That is great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is great. Is, let me ask this question. Is there an amount of time that's recommended to stay in the sauna to get the, the desired health benefits? Like, is there kind of a sweet spot? Yeah. Um, well, depending on, again, like the traditional or the, the infrared sauna cabin, if you will, um, what we tell people to do is start with like a 10 to 15 minute round in a traditional sauna. Um, some people, if they've acclimated to it, they do it pretty consistently, are pretty comfortable at like 20, 25 minutes, but 10 to 15 is a good starting point. Um, but back to the infrared, it being a lower temperature, it's kind of like a low and slow exposure. Um, so our infrared users will sit in there between like 30 and 45 minutes at the lower temperature. Um, it's not uncommon to break those up, um, with little quick cold showers or something, but Mm -hmm. that's like the recommended time for sure. But like how many times per week is this? We're talking once a week, every day, as much as you can, you know, um, once a week is awesome. Great preventative tools. I don't think that, um, I mean, three or four times a week is ideal. Uh, we would say, um, there's definitely some prep that goes into it, you know, make sure you stay hydrated and you Mm -hmm. don't, um, yeah. Yeah. It really depends on what your lifestyle is like as Mm -hmm. well. Like what other exercises are you doing on a weekly basis? How high intensity is that exercise? Um, but for like the best preventative health is like four to five times a week, um, two to three, 15 minute sessions would be like 
your longevity dose. Um, but the data that exists on the market, you know, the, they're, they're studying people at 170 degrees with two sessions, or they're studying people at 195 degrees with one session that's longer. So, and they're always looking for slightly different things in those studies. And so there's no, uh, at this point, there's no standard that could guaranteedly give you the best effects, yeah. but based on your exercise and what you're doing, there's, there's definitely better times to use it and more strategic times yeah. and less strategic times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to be kind of a, just a cold natured person, cold constitutionally. And so I have a very high tolerance for heat. So yeah. I've been known to sit in there for like upwards of an hour or longer. But then, <laughs> so but like uh, it begs the question, yeah. like, should I probably not be staying in that long? Is that bad? Well, I mean, uh, heat, um, heat exhaustion is a real thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk to the pro athletes who work out too hard in hot temperatures and it can cause long-term damage. And so, you know, that's something we want to avoid. I, I also think that like for you specifically, you know, if you feel fine and you don't have headaches and you don't feel super dehydrated, um, you feel, you know, better afterward, that's a good sign. I think people who overdo it feel worse afterward. Um, in our experience and like, hopefully people, you know, in the United States start to take an attitude of less competitive in these environments. (laughs) Um, Because one of the benefits that is really hard to measure is just the fact that it's passive and relaxing, right? So Mm -hmm. most exercise is strenuous. You go into the exercise with a mindset of work and effort. And, you know, when people come to sauna house, they're thinking, I'm going to relax, reset, you know, socialize, and all of those benefits um, aren't, aren't measured, you know, in the studies, but right. they're very real. And like the mindset of someone doing specific exercises changes the benefits. That's a great that point. Sense, yes. That's a great point. And it, I, I love that you're sort of kind of alluding to this, this aspect of listening to your body, too, because we, we talk about that in nutrition. We talk about that mm-hmm. in, in so many things. And, and even in this aspect, you know, just make sure and f- track what what your body what resonates with your body. Right. Right. Yeah. Your body will tell you. And, and we especially advise that in the cold plunge. You know, we don't have any clocks next to the cold plunge, which drives everybody crazy. <laughs> um but we don't want people getting competitive with it. And Mm -hmm. we want people to be intuitive and listen to their body's needs to get out. And like over time you can increase your ability to withstand cold water. And, and, but like, you know, to my knowledge, there's no proven health benefits like past like six, seven minutes in a, in a cold bath, especially Mm -hmm. depending on the temperature. But, um, you know, people will push that. And like, once again, like there's consequences on either side of these, these products, um, hypothermia and hypothermia, they're both mm-hmm. real. They both have long-term damage associated with them. Um, there's really not any benefit to my knowledge of really trying to push the limit here all the time, unless you're a professional athlete who's really trying to compete in the very top 1% of the world, then, you know, you don't need to be doing an hour sauna after a six hour bike ride. You right, know? right, right, right. Exactly. Well, so let's let's just hit this topic straight on. You know, during the COVID pandemic, many people have been 
become hyper-focused on optimizing their immune system and just overall health. What role, if any, does sauna play in immunity? Yeah, sauna is critical um, in immune system support. If you think about it, raising your body temperature the way sauna does is kind of like giving yourself a little fever. Um, It's super helpful. Everyone, I feel like their tendency is to squash a fever, but Mm -hmm. they're there because they're doing a job, you know? Um, They're stimulating white blood cells. They're helping your body fight infection, that kind of thing. Um, So it's kind of good to put your body in that stressful environment um, for a brief period of time. Um, During those high heat exposures as well, um, your weak cells are not really going to survive. So you're kind of weeding out like the sick stuff um, and giving yourself an immune boost every time you you use the sauna. Um, It's kind of a double whammy at our facility, really, though. um, We pair sauna with cold therapy, Mm -hmm. which has tons of um, immune system support um, in its own right. Um, So like the cold plunge, the ice bath will kind of flush things through your lymphatic system. Your lymph fluid is moving throughout the day as you walk around, your muscles contract, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But being able to constrict those vessels really like pushes fluids through your lymph nodes, which are kind of your little, um, I think of them as little like wastewater facilities, you know, flushing (laughs) out all the bad stuff. Nice. Um, So that's a super important process. I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, another thing that's kind of timely is, you know, especially in the winter months, like like right now, mood disorders can be a big thing. We had an episode on seasonal affective disorder. And, you know, what's, what's the role and the place for sauna and or cold immersion when it comes to mood? Yeah, so that's a great topic and one of my favorite aspects of cold therapy. So some of the most ancient recorded documents about healing involve cold water exposure and uh, they didn't call it obviously anxiety and depression back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called a number of different things, but it, it's been recorded in Asia and in Europe in different areas um, that people use this. And it turns out there's solid science behind it. So part of my story is that before I founded Sauna House and you know, in my early 20s, I, I struggled with alcohol addiction and you know, major depressive disorders. And when I was able to, you know, successfully stop drinking, you know, cold therapy kind of came to me a couple years later. And I think that it helped my depression and anxiety and mood disorders more than anything else I had ever, ever tried. Hmm. Uh, And now that I know a little bit more about it, it's, when you get in cold water, your, your brain is dumping a bunch of oxytocin out of your pituitary glands. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is exercising the pituitary gland, right? Cause you're, you're having a bunch of oxytocin go down. Um, also like norepinephrine is coming out of adrenal glands. Um, but for me, like the exercising, I believe of the pituitary gland, which regulates like serotonin and dopamine productions, um, helped my brain chemistry stabilize in a way that I had never experienced as an adult. And, you know, now I can like successfully say like, you know, I haven't had major depression disorders in like eight or nine years. Hmm. And, you know, cold water therapy is a big part of that. And so like, I really encourage people to try it on their own at home because it is accessible and it's very affordable and it's, it's difficult though. You know, most of our country is still like wants a quick fix and like 
we engineer products to save milliseconds all the time and sell them. Mm -hmm. And so we just have this like, fix me, fix me, fix me in five seconds mentality. And like cold water therapy, isn't going to give you that. Um, it's going to give it to you over a long period of time with dedication to it, but it's also uncomfortable. So people don't want to try that, but you, when people do try it, what we see at our facility is that one, they've done something they normally don't do. So there's a sense of accomplishment in that. Mm -hmm. And so that's like giving them more confidence to embrace difficult situations in their life. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, they also experience short-term benefits like the oxytocin dump and the norepinephrine. And they, they really do. You, you feel high oftentimes coming out of cold water therapy, like, wow, geez, I'm like, super present and right here and huh. just mass amount of clarity in your mind. And so you have this short term reward, but over time, like, um, I think that it builds your immunity to stress re responses, right? So mm -hmm. when you have stress come in, do you cope with that stress? Well, and I think that is largely dependent on the health of your mind and body which is why I think sauna and cold therapy is so amazing because it's not really just the mind and it's not really just the body. It's both. Yeah. I love that. The, the whole concept is really interesting to me. I went to naturopathic school. And so we actually had a class that was like clinical hydrotherapy mm -hmm. and you cool. know, they, uh, they always had kind of these strict rules of like, well, when you're doing hot and cold, you need to do hot this long and cold that long and these sort of things. But I think one of the overall things they always said was to end on cold and I, I know there's kind of debate out there. There's people who's like, no, end on hot, end on cold. <laughs> and I didn't know if you had an opinion yeah. about that or any sort of, uh, I don't know what your experience is. I 100% do have an opinion about that. <laughs> um, so based on what you're doing, I would recommend different things. So if you just did a heavy lifting session, you should avoid cold water therapy for 18 to 24 hours because it's going to shut down your body's ability to rebuild that muscle, which is the goal and cold water therapy will turn those systems off that rebuild muscle. Mm. So skip cold if you've just lifted heavy, mm -hmm. but now for in general, like if someone gets a massage at our facility, I always want them ending hot because, um, we just broken up a lot of uh, toxins in the body and things are circulating really well. And we, think that staying hot afterward is going to keep those veins and arteries more open. And so you're going to continue circulating fluid better. Um, now if I'm in the morning, I'm always ending cold, but at night I'm almost ending hot, hot every time. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with sleep. Mm -hmm. So cold water is going to wake you up and hot things are naturally going to start to put you more to bed. Right. And so I think that finishing hot, I sleep much better at night. So if I'm sauning in the evening, I like to finish hot. You know, if I'm doing sauna and cold therapy in the morning, I like to finish cold. Hmm. Um, and so those, that's kind of my theory, but again, like based on exercise and what goals you're trying to accomplish that that can change a little bit person to person, but you know, there's, there's definitely mixed feelings. Yeah. You yeah. know, 
Yeah. No, but that makes a lot of sense. And and kind of the way to think about it, what what are the different aspects that you're trying to achieve, whether it's detoxification or whether it's rebuilding or, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So Yeah, if you're on recovery days or gains days or you know, it's just I always ask people, what's your overall arching, you know, wellness goals, right? Is it are you trying to be a pro athlete where you're just trying to live a life that experiences less pain throughout your body, a higher level of like mental clarity and well-being, right? They're just different prescriptions for different outcomes. I love that. That makes perfect sense. Where can people find you on social media? Where can we get, learn more about the sauna house? Yeah, you can find us at saunahouse.com and there you can subscribe to our newsletter if you want to get updates about what's going on in the health and wellness world as it pertains to hot and cold therapy. Mm-hmm. Or you can follow us on Instagram. It's sauna underscore house. Um, and we're pretty active on there. Great. Great. And this entire conversation has been interesting because like Michael said, we, we do several episodes. Sauna comes up as it relates to detox. But the way you describe it with health benefits and that mind-body connection is just fascinating. And Andrew and Jen, we're just so honored that you spent time with us. But before we let you go, we have one last question that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman. Uh, we've got, we always have a surprise question. That's really uh, a curveball that really doesn't relate to anything that we've been talking about and we call it the fireball question. And I was the just going to ask you, you know, we've got a lot of different cuisines here in Asheville. What mm-hmm. do you think is the, what is your favorite type of uh, ethnic cuisine? If you had to pick one. Oh, this is so hard. <laughs> I have a sucker for tacos any day of the week. Take out tacos <laughs> of what I've been living on during our quarantine. So that's a good one. I like that. My heart. And for me, it's definitely Chai Pani Group, which is um, Mayron's restaurant group. They have incredible food. They're good and, too. Oh, yeah, wow. Indian street food. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. I just can't say thank you guys enough for coming on, Andrew and Jen. Uh, this has been a really fun conversation. And uh, I think we're just at our, ironically, we've been studying this and sauna's been around for so long, but still like, the we're, Roman s- we're still somehow yeah. in our infancy <laughs> in it too. So right. can't wait to talk about this more in the future. And, and thank you guys thank so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. All right, I'm going to the sauna house. We should have done this from the sauna house. That's a great... Why didn't we do this from the sauna house? <laughs> we should have done that. Just like inside the sauna, <laughs> see see what works and what doesn't work, what breaks and what doesn't break. <laughs> but I love how they, they talked about that whole mind-body connection and how this all relates, not only as a detox, but just that whole resting and relaxing. I love that. Yeah, it's something that, uh, to his point, goes overlooked where, you know, the, the fact that this is a passive therapy, mm-hmm. this isn't something that requires exertion and how many of us need more of the rest and recovery line of side of the spectrum as compared to the other side. I mean, we talk about that every episode, right? right. The HPA axis balance. And so I just love how they, they talked about that. Yeah. To be getting HPA axis balance and therapy at the same time as you're getting cardiovascular movement, mm-hmm. lymphatic movement, immune proliferation, yeah. all those things. It's, boom. Um, bada it's bing, pretty bada amazing. Boom. Yeah. And I've, I've just got to say, you know, hmm. he was talking about not being competitive about these sort of things. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Do you? Mm-hmm. Well, I, my thought was, he said, well, you know, uh, the cold plunge for like five, six, seven minutes. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I immediately was like, six minutes? Are <laughs> no, you crazy? I was immediately going, oh, I bet I could stay in longer than Michael Chapman. I'm sure you, uh, that's, <laughs> that is your M.O. 
Next time on The Lab Report, Kara Collier from NutriSense. Yeah, we're going to revisit continuous glucose monitoring. And how it applies to different patient types. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. All right, I've got a million-dollar idea. Oh, my goodness. You know how he was talking about oxytocin being released in response to the therapy? Right. A continuous oxytocin monitor. (laughs) In your brain? How would you 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 monitor it? uh, Can you imagine if people were walking around figuring out all the different ways that they could increase their oxytocin? Oh, see, that's actually a really beautiful thought. We could change the world with that. Hmm. People people would just be hugging all the time. Although, that might be bad for the economy. Or would it be really good for the economy? We're going to sell a lot of these meters. Right, yeah. Productivity down 90%, but uh, Everyone's buying that them. niche market is Everyone's really booming. Everyone's buying them. <laughs> <laughs>